Hello, welcome back to the latest episode of the Battle of North London podcast. Um, so yeah, well, let's start off this week by talking about the mighty Arsenal. Although we have lost, tw- we're not lost, we've drawn two games this week, but lost one on penalties to Liverpool. And then most recently in the league, we've drawn one all with Wolves. It was um, a a bit of a frustrating ending to the game and just frustrating game overall I thought we were the better team I thought we played well in points it just didn't seem to go away and we just couldn't get the we just can't seem to get the job done right now it's not like the first time you look at the last couple of games obviously Liverpool midweek probably should have won that let that slip Crystal Palace probably should have won that let that slip then this week again, we play Wolves and we've won, we've won it up. Maybe we've not been the better team. because well, I thought we were the better team, but I'm saying we haven't created so much and we've kind of, we've now just gone one and up and that was it. And then Wolves scored late on because lazy defending, basically. But yeah, it just didn't seem to be our day. The only positive we can really take from it was that Aubameyang became the quickest Arsenal striker. To reach 50 goals, so congratulations to him. But other than that, it was a bit of a mess, and yeah, it's not great. Um, I think though that this the the home form has for Emery has been sort of a a, a saving grace for him for most of his uh, time at Arsenal so far, and then most of that 22 game run was through home games, and, and his home form in, in general has been quite good. The fact that even his home form now and he is is sort of struggling. Uh, it will sort of it, it doesn't doesn't look good for him. I just feel like he can't do anything right, but can do everything wrong. So you go from one week where everyone's like, okay, Mesut Ozil, what sort of situation is he in right now? Yeah, he gets given a chance midweek. Yeah, against Liverpool, he plays very well. Probably one of his better Arsenal games. even though it was only against. Liverpool's B team, it was still a very good game, he dominated, he played well, he was brought off, I think, fairly. I thought the justification to bring him off when you're winning for someone who's a bit better defensively than Guendouzi was very fair, yeah? But then you start hearing people complain because you're going to lose that game, what's he doing bringing Urs off, he was running the show, he was dominating. You're winning though against Liverpool, you want to be able to hold on to that lead, you do not want to let it go away by leaving someone like Ozil on, who no one at Arsenal is going to go, oh yeah he's definitely the man who's defensively, his work rate and his effort is going to keep us in it, no, he was clearly, he's, even though how good he is, he's probably the... I don't know how to say it, but laziest almost player on the pitch. Like, he's going to do the least defensive work for you, no matter what team you're playing. Yeah? Even strikers like Aubameyang and Lacazette will do more defensive work than someone like Ozil. So bringing him off was, I think, fairly just. I, I just feel like then, you're doing... He then gets given a chance. I just feel like you're, you're doing mental you mental sort of gymnastics um, about to, to try and defend Emery. I think that, that when you're when you're one lot when you're bleeding by a goal at Anfield to take off one of your biggest attacking threats is not a good thing to do, right? You shouldn't be holding on to a one lead at Anfield as Spurs learn. Holding on to one goal lead is very 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 shaky at Anfield. But there was um, 
But there was not long That's to go, so you have to bring in some defensive stability. I'm sorry. Then, this week, sorry, he then starts Ozil, meeting the fans' request. Basically, instead of Pepe. Ozil basically started this week instead of Pepe. I then heard Arsenal fans start moaning, why wasn't Pepe on the pitch? That was the reason we lost. We didn't win. If Pepe was playing, we would have been much better. Like he, I feel like he's not doing great, but I feel like he can't do anything right right now. And everything he does is just, he's doing something wrong. And we had this with Wenger. It was never the player's fault. It was never any. It was. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't anyone's fault until it became. Until Wenger, it, it was always Wenger who did something wrong. We can see now the squad's not that good. Yeah, especially under Wenger, it was awful. We had Mustafi playing every week. Yeah, and obviously we don't criticize individual players because that's not the right thing to do. Um, but it, it isn't as a squad. It wasn't that strong. But Wenger never got criticized. Now with now, only Wenger got criticised, sorry. Now with Emery, no one else is getting criticised apart from Emery, which is just a bit silly, because otherwise we're just going to go roundabout circles with this squad, because we're never going to... I don't think we're ever going to reach the the limits of just the, the world beaters. So he can't just constantly be like, oh, it's the manager that's done something wrong. He did a great job, I think, of removing some of the horrible players that were in the club this season. Yeah? He tried his best, but... I feel like he's always going to get the blame, and I feel like Arsenal fans are causing a big problem right now. Well, the the continuing theme between both Emery and Wenger, the thing that stays the same is the fans and the toxic attitude of the fans. Um, whatever manager, just whatever, whatever manager you have, whatever players you have, you're going to have the fans turning on them. Um, I think we'll, we'll get into to other to talk of, of, of new managers coming to Arsenal, but the problem. I mean, massively, a massive, massive problem at Arsenal is the toxic culture of the of the fan base. And and I, I'm not going to say it's all Arsenal fans because because I I would say majority of Arsenal fans are probably very respectful towards them. It's the ones that, unfortunately, with those sort of people, you don't get a lot speaking up. You only get the ones who are really critical that speak up a lot. So you'll see because people kind of almost want controversy. So on social media, all you'll see is the people who are saying controversial things are the ones getting this um, notice. So everyone will see that Emery's getting his hatred because of it's the, they're the ones who are trying to... I don't think Arsenal fans in general, but I think there are a good number of Arsenal fans right now that are really not good for the club. And... The, the way that I see it is, I don't know, you can't shut them up because they, they're allowed their opinion. That's fair enough. But if they continue to do that and they don't see themselves that they're doing anything wrong, then the club is never going to go in a good direction. And it's just upsetting to see. And you almost have a situation where I don't ever see Arsenal being great again because you're always going to go around like this because of the fans. Nothing to do with the club don't invest it won't be anything to do with that. It will be as soon as something goes wrong, fans will start piping up, and it and I, I, and it's just annoying to see because I've I kind of convinced myself it wasn't so bad, but I feel like now I'm noticing it's not the clubs in general. It's only the ones that people noticing that are causing problems, and obviously you get all the hatred from well not hatred but banter from opposing fans who kind of want to pipe up every so often to kind of get in there a bit and just make a bit of make a bit of a fuss 
to kind of rile people up, which they're great at. But that's what football is. And I just feel like right now, Arsenal fans are the worst thing about Arsenal Football Club. Not the owner, however bad that may be. Not how the team are performing. It's just the direction that we're heading in with the fans. And it's just it's just scary to see that who knows the direction this could end up taking us if everything goes wrong. Um, I think I think I share your hate of Arsenal fans. Um, that, 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 that's one thing we can unite on. Um, but in terms of ta- tactical problems, though, um, Emery made a lot of the decisions that fans fans have been pushing for, for over the, for in this game. He had he had uh, Torreira finally starting. He doesn't really start that often. He, he seems to have some sort of agenda against him. Um, even Kieran, Kieran Tierney started and was, I think, partly at fault for the goal. Um, you, you have to start questioning. As well as as well as abusing the fans, which obviously goes without saying, you hate Arsenal fans. Um, <laughs> but um, you have to start questioning his tactical decisions. Um, they seem a little bit like even now that he has his team, he wants to play the team that like the team that we've been saying uh, when, when he gets that this team, that's when we'll, when when we'll be good. Um, there is sort of like there, there, it isn't as everyone everyone said it would be as as just when when you get Tierney back when you get when you start starting Torreira it isn't as simple as that there's bigger problems at Arsenal and Emery's not the solution and the fans are, are just making things worse I feel like with Emery like obviously yes fans can complain however he isn't he isn't doing the greatest job no I'm not going to say that he's doing an amazing job and fans have got no right to be annoyed people can be annoyed at the current performances and obviously Emery could could be doing better like there are some things that some people might be confused about. I just feel like the criticism for every single one is a bit unfair. But but overall, I think if Emery, you have to give him to the end of this season because even though how bad we're performing right now, he's still fifth in the league. He's still got easy an easy route into the Champions League if he wins the Europa League again. Yeah. Obviously, yes, he's not. He's not. He, the games currently are not performing that well. But I don't think we can get rid of him before the end of this season. I don't think. I don't think the club will anyway. I don't think there's any point for fans to moan about that because I don't see any anyone in the club going. No, you're not. Ha- oh, we're sorry, we're doing a lot worse than we thought. Because we do, even though we're still not doing that badly, we're still only fifth. Yeah, and you look at United and Spurs, and they're both doing Please terribly. Don't. <laughs> so you look at Arsenal, and you think. We're bad, but we're not that bad. So, and and if if Solskjaer and and Pochino aren't being kicked out, there's no reason to say Emery's going to get kicked out any sooner. Yeah, it's not like oh Spurs didn't spend anything, and United they both spent money. They have both done the same sort of investment. They both have similar support. They've both obviously Pochino's slightly different to Solskjaer because Pochino's been there for a lot longer, but Solskjaer he's been there for a very similar amount of time. Yeah. Before Solskjaer goes, goes, there's no reason for Emery to go, the way I look at it. And I just don't see that. I don't see the club. I think no matter what, the club have definitely said to him, "You're getting to the end of the season." I feel like so. There's no point right now to to moan about it. Obviously, we saw with Wenger, it took years before they decided to do anything. So, well, I don't think I don't think it is dependent. You, you brought up uh, Solskjaer, right? I don't think that it's dependent on each other. I don't think they're relevant. Um, Solskjaer, the reason why Mayer haven't fired Oli Gunnar Solskjaer yet is lots mainly down to sort of emotional reasons that he used to be a club legend and they don't really want to fire him. Um, 
Emery hasn't got that going for him. And the reason why Poch hasn't been fired is because he's, he's actually made us a, a, a good club over the past five years. Um, those things do not apply to Emery. So I don't think they're relevant examples at all. I just don't think I don't think Emery's taken the club down at all. I don't think any no one else was going to say Emery's made it a lot worse than Wenger was because well, it's very similar to what Wenger was. Well, in in, in terms of yeah. points, he's got less points, hasn't he, than Wenger in his last games, last last forty games, whatever it is. But if you just look at how the, if you're not looking at oh how many like if you just just as an Arsenal fan, you're watching each individual game. Is other squad playing a million times better than worse than they were under Wenger? No, in fact. I'd suggest, from what I've seen, we are we are making. It feels like we're playing a little bit better, possibly under Emery, especially. Not, I don't want to say I, I because the stats will be different to the opinion and my just the basic views. But from what I've seen, defensively, we've been. I feel like we've been less careless. Yes, we've made. Yes, we've conceded a lot of goals, and you look at the, we're the number one team I think this season in facing shots. Um, but I think. We still, I feel like, stability-wise, we're not conceding as many. I think scoring-wise, Emery's doing a bit worse because with 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 Wenger, we were actually scoring a lot of goals, so that was like kind of bringing him back. Whereas now, I feel like it's not working the same way. I mean, when when you say that that not much has changed and not, not much has has gone worse since since Wenger came, the whole point of the new manager was to make things better, right? To say things haven't really got worse. Well done. He hasn't made he hasn't made them that 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 much but that much worse. Well done, Emery. Um, but if he hasn't improved them, then he's been a failure as a manager. Yeah, but also like no, but then you have to look at maybe it's nothing to do with how good the manager is. It's to do with the position the club are in and how good the players are. Sure. Because what 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 has Emery got basically since since um, Wenger is Guendouzi He's got now. He's got Pepe now, and he's got a defense that we haven't seen yet. Um, so, so other than, so he's got Guendouzi and Pepe, and that's basically what he's using that's been, that's better than Wenger. And from what we've seen, Guendouzi has been v- exceptional. Yeah. So his development of that, of Guendouzi has been very good. And Pepe obviously didn't, haven't had, hasn't had the best start, but he seems like he's getting better and he seems like he, he's fitting in a bit more. But like, I feel like. Obviously, Emery could go, and I wouldn't be annoyed with that because I don't think he. I, I I never. I even thought last season before he signed, when when it was when it, when Wenger left, I just didn't feel like Emery was gonna do very much. He just seemed like a big European name that everyone was making a fuss about. That oh yeah, he's done well in 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 Europe with money, and now he's just he's coming in. He's not. He's not like I w- I'd like. I'd have thought we could go after someone like Eddie Howe or um, Rafa, those sort of managers back then, because they had proven themselves. They were Premier League proven, and they were they were something we we didn't know what to expect from, and we couldn't really pressurize. Because I feel like we the pressure you can't you can't if we get Eddie Howe, then you can't put pressure on him to to do well because no one's seen him like this before. Yeah. So who knows how he's going to perform? But it's 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 something new. Whereas with Emery, it was just like, who's the biggest name out there? Let's sign him. And and that was a bit stupid. Talking about that, the funny thing is, Arsenal are now being linked with Jose Mourinho, and there was even talks of the club having a meeting with him. I don't I don't know what to make of that. Um, I, I just personally Mourinho. 
when you're Tottenham or Arsenal, as he's been with Tottenham in, in, in recent weeks, I don't want to, as a Tottenham fan, I want to see him stay far away from my club. And any Arsenal fan with any sense should think the same. He'd absolutely murder your football club. He'd give you a short-term boost. He'd win you an FA Cup, maybe, or Europa League, and everyone, everyone would, would be happy. He'd murder your club. Every player would be would be pissed off with him. He he can play. He make like the squad would, would hate each other. The fact the squad would hate the fans more. The the, the toxic fan culture would be just to turn up to turn up to one hundred. It'd be the worst thing ever if Mourinho went to Arsenal. Um, or good for me actually. I, I, I think I'd enjoy it. The, the the sort of anarchy and everything collapsing at Arsenal. I feel like that'd be fun. But if as a if I was a neutral, which thank God I'm not. Um, I, I, Mourinho, Mourinho, Arsenal, Mourinho, Tottenham can just—he can stay away, stay, stay in his in his villa in in Spain, stay on the beaches, Mourinho. Don't come to the Premier League. <laughs> just go away. That see the thing with Mourinho is, I I don't know, I, I wouldn't know what to make of him if he became Arsenal manager because he 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 is such a he could be so bad for the club, but the position I think Arsenal right now has. How much worse could he be? Would it be worth? Would it be worse? Would it be worth picking him up and just seeing how he would do? Because it would just be the one thing you can guarantee was whether you're an Arsenal fan or a neutral fan or a rival fan, it would probably be for for one of the three very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It would either be very good for Arsenal because all rivals and everyone else would just suddenly not know what to do and they'd suddenly hate Arsenal even more than they currently do. Like It would just be fun to see that. Chelsea, oh, that the, the enjoyment we could get if he does well for Chelsea to view him as a club legend and now him just to do well at Arsenal would just be... I'm just, you have to look at the pros and cons. You, you Are sound the like cons a- that bad? You sound like a junkie. You're like, well, what more can we lose? <laughs> like, I just, just, you're terrible. Don't go worse. Don't go worse with Mourinho. He'd make everything worse. I'm just saying, I just, it, we have to look it looks, at the it looks good. It it's not, it's not as good as it seems. It's not that Disneyland has promised to be Mourinho. It's rubbish. Don't take him. <laughs> no, 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 no one's saying, oh, it's guaranteed to be, him. he's good. He's guaranteed to be good. But high risk, high reward. So it's, it's a big risk to, to pick him up. But, the reward there is just so big, and I feel like when you're that low, is that you're not even risking that much. It's not even that much high risk right now. It's it's it's, it's medium risk high reward. I mean, what have we really got to lose? What we've really got to lose? I, I feel like it'd be funny though. I just I I I I oh it wouldn't be my first choice, but if I was like if I had a, if I if it was if I could if I if 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 if, if, if anything was to happen, I'd just. I think it'd be good to see. Obviously, he wouldn't be the first choice. I'd much rather someone like, obviously, we just mentioned Eddie Howe and Benitez, but they're not kind of in the running. Um, if Emery does leave, it would then probably fall down to someone like... I, I, I can just see, like, Niko Kovac coming along to Arsenal just because he's another big European name and what's the risk in it? He's done it before, so that sort of thing. It's someone... It's someone it's it's they're not gonna go. I feel like Arsenal aren't gonna risk it. They're gonna play it too safe, like they are doing right now. I mean, and, the, yeah. 
the the point with the point with Niko Kovac um, is that he's really disliked by Bayern fans um, for having very little tactical prowess, right? Um, and this links to to what Emery did because because to, to Emery's situation is because Bayern and big clubs, right? When they had when they have a manager who is not performing, who just got uh, in the case of Kovac just got smacked five one by Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, you let you let them go, and that's what big clubs do. And, and when Real Madrid they, they they get battered, when Real Madrid on a on a significant significant run of of bad form, they let, they let the manager go, um, and that is a sign of a big club. And that's why Arsenal are not doing it. The one man I would love to see this though would be um, uh, Pochettino come along. That would be that would be funny to see if that happened. And <laughs> not it, happening. And it, not and, happening. And, and it and it's not even far fetched right now that he's going to be to be sacked basically because obviously Spurs have just had this game. They've drawn with Everton. Uh, they still can't get an away win. It's just it's not looking very good for like it might be looking bad for Arsenal, but I'm I'm fine with how Spurs with how Spurs are doing as well. It's it's just it's fun to see that as well. I mean, my my outlook on this sort of uh, period is when Spurs are doing bad, laugh at Arsenal because hopefully they're doing worse. And at this moment, they're not really, but it's still fun to laugh at Arsenal. Um, to the game though against Everton. I just Spurs just depress me. Spurs just make me upset every time I watch them. Now I just we're, we're a mid-table team. That that's a level. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to be going into mid-table sort of relegation battle. Looking forward, us and us and Man United. It it looks fun. Um, there was obviously some big incidents in the game that that I don't know everyone was talking about. But in, in terms of the actual performance, um, it just looked it just looked just. Uninterested players like Ericsson with his hit all his stats zero zero chances created zero uh, take ons zero all these like sixteen times lost the ball in possession um, just looks lazy these players who like who just shouldn't be in the pit on the pitch for Tottenham we had no ideas um, Sonny and and Lucas alternating in strike didn't look great for us um, it just it no just Kane. no Kane as well because he's ill um, I hope he's back for the next game. But I just I don't even know what's happening at the moment. We're we're an absolute mess of a football club. Well, it that's like Arsenal's saving grace right now is Spurs and United are doing terribly as well, which is the only reason probably we're still fifth basically because because Spurs and Arsenal Spurs are eleventh I think and United are tenth, so Spurs aren't even Spurs are mid table but they're bottom half of, they're not even top half of the table now like. But to be fair, it looked to me like what what Tottenham reminded me, what what this kind of game showed me was, even though Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, United are supposed to be the big six, part of the big six, no one anymore in the Premier League, especially, well, I don't know if it's just this season, but it seems to me, other than the top two, everyone can finish anywhere this year. Who knows what could happen? Sheffield United are sixth. Yeah. Spurs Everton, it looked to me like Everton are the top. It looked like Everton were the top six side, and Spurs were winning a game. It but, feels like Spurs are winning the game. Everton are the top six side, and they're the one that get the lucky winner. Like it doesn't feel like Tottenham are Tottenham are the big team, and it feels like anyone can win any game. And it just felt like, obviously, the, the last minute it was a. It, 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 from what it seemed, I wasn't able to, to see the whole game, but from what it seemed. It was. It kind of got miserable a bit. The game after the Gomez injury and all the VAR and all that, and kind of the game went a bit miserable and sour. And so I feel like just the game was. I don't know if it was just this game, 
But it feels like Tottenham and none of the big six anymore are that 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 good anymore this season, and it's that's just how it seems. Um, I, I don't think you can say that Everton look like a top six club. They're the seventeenth in the league. Um, they were very very beatable. They were very poor in that game. They were, we should, really should have beaten them. The only trouble was that Spurs went much better than them. They're they're not a good team at the moment. I like I that was the annoying thing as well. That they're a team that. Like, like Watford, similar to Watford, they're in horrific form. We should have beaten them. We were winning against them. We weren't, we weren't beating Watford, but we were beating Everton. And I was so happy when Deli Ali scored because he has had all these sort of uh, troubles over the last, I don't know, eight months and a bit of injuries and, and not putting great, great performances. He's now scored two goals in three games, which he, and, and before then he scored two goals in about two years. Um, I just... It just felt that at the end, when it went to extra time, I sort of felt that Spurs were going to collapse because the way we were playing was just looked sloppy on the ball with with Lo Celso coming on, like, not 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 to pick out him specifically, but in general the the squad when we, when we got the ball, we we couldn't hold it on hold on to it for more than one or two passes, and I felt that when we when we were down ten men, probably unjustifiably, um, we needed to keep the ball and slow the game down and not let Everton. Uh, Get 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 the fans their their fans behind them and, and start attacking us. We need to slow that slow the game down. We didn't do that. Um, I think this is a problem of mentality in the squad. It's it's just frustrating because I felt we really really could have won that, and I was really happy to be. I was I was I was still I thought I was I was, I was going to start this podcast by singing um, the uh, Jingle Bell song. Jingle Bells. How fun it is to see Tottenham win away, um, but it's not. <laughs> it never happens. It never happens anymore. Sadly. Well, that whole Andre Gomez incident was just a bit horrible, and um, obviously prayers out to him. But um, it just kind of it just it kind of the whole game seems a bit sour, and like you, they could be people could be looking back at this game for quite a while now and just saying, "Look at this! Look what happened with VAR." Obviously, Andre Gomez, you said you said he shouldn't have been sent off, but. Either way, I think no. Son was, was sent off. Not not Andre Gomez. Andre Gomez wasn't sent off. And I <laughs> no no no. I'm saying obviously you didn't think Son should be sent off. Uh, although it, either way, it was either him or Oreo. One of them, probably. Like from what I from, from what I can see, is his ankle falls away before Oreo make contact. So in anyway, Son's tackle, however you want to look at it, is very cynical and very dangerous. And it's it, yellow card. It, yellow card. Not, not a red. But it's a. I feel like it's a bit like if if he gives a red, it's not. Wow, how, why has he done that for? It because is. it's a very cynical tackle, and he it could have it could ruin it could have ruined Andre Gomez's career. Yeah, you want to remove those sort of tackles from the game, right or not? That's, that's just that's just rubbish. There's no way that that tackle ruins um, Andre Gomez's career. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, that tackle just gets a, a yellow card or or, or just or, or a free kick. There's no way that's a red card tackle. That's complete BS. Um, the the Andre Gomez the. The, the fact that he falls on his ankle is not Son's fault, right? The fact that it, it's it's horrific that he's fallen on his ankle and it's it's really it was horrible to watch and you you, you felt for you felt for Andre Gomez it was horrible to see that happen to him and and you felt felt for Sonny as well who who thought he'd caused it but it 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 wasn't a red card it, and and VAR should be there to sort out when the referee sends send the wrong person off that's one of the things that VAR says it was there to to stop the ref sent the wrong person off sort it out are you what you're trying to say Aurier should have been sent off. Either Ore or someone else, but or, or, or nothing, but not not Son, definitely not Son. Well, it's funny you say that because VAR overturned the referee's decision for that because the referee initially gave a yellow card and then was told to give a red card. So you're saying VAR is supposed to sort that sort of thing out? The, the VAR it has didn't. actually it's overturned the, wrong the decision. Person off. 
and and wait wait and wait for this when 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 the when it came to the to the, what, what the Premier League said that they said that, that Son was was sent off for, for sort of for endangering uh in, endangering the player right which like, the tackle was not a dangerous tackle the tackle was was a yellow card at mm. most it was a dangerous tackle no, it wasn't he wasn't going for the ball it was a yellow card there was no it was no malicious no, 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 malicious no but it was a dangerous him. tackle it was it was completely that it was a malicious attempt to foul him it was. It was it was a red card probably. In like, I would say that with, with VAR there to replay it, it's definitely a red card. But also, if a funny thing is, even if you want to give him a yellow, I still think John should have got a yellow earlier on in the game for a blatant dive. So that's oh, a second up. yellow then. Shut up. <laughs> it, it's, it's not a dive. It was fine. You want to give him two yellows? Go ahead, do that instead. Um, I don't think Spurs would be able to appeal it and get it overturned. That's complete so, rubbish. Apparently, so according to every single source that I've seen, that Spurs are planning to appeal it and they will be successful um, because it was it was he's clearly sent off the wrong person. I don't know what game you watched. There was the wrong person was sent off. It, it, does, it doesn't have to be a, a, a rivalry thing. The wrong person was sent off. By saying the wrong person was sent off means someone should have got sent off. Sure. In that, so, so 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 who are you saying should have been sent off? Maybe Aurier, but I don't think even Aurier does because in, in every no no, no so that isn't the wrong player. That isn't the I, don't, wrong I don't think there is a it red was... card challenge there. The only reason the red card given is given is out of sympathy for Andre Gomez, right? And I get, I get the, the I get the feeling of sympathy towards Andre, Andre Gomez. It was a horrific injury to get and to see live. It was horrific. So I was, I was still not see live, see live on a screen. Um, but you can't give red cards out of sympathy. That's not that's not how the rules work. No, no one did that. They did. No, they didn't. The ref gave a yellow. Over VAR looked at it and said it was a red card. That's just, it was very simple. And to say it was a wrong player, then you're saying Aurea should have been sent off. If you're saying Aurea should have been sent off... No, I'm saying that Son's tackle is not a red card. Whatever you want to talk about Aurea, Son is not a red card. Full stop. I, I just don't see, I don't see Spurs being able to, Spurs appealing and being successful. I just don't see that happening. Well, every, everyone thinks you're wrong. Okay. But I just don't, I, I don't see it happening. Like, I've, I remember a similar thing happened to Arsenal. Like, I, I, I don't remember the exact incident, but I remember when it was... It shouldn't have been a red card, but he got a red card for it, and also appealed it, and didn't it didn't even work out. But that's just how it is sometimes. The other thing was with VAR was I don't know how Everton doesn't don't don't get a penalty for the Deli Ali handball. I just don't see how that isn't a handball. It's it's it 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 meets all the requirements I thought for the rules. It's his hands are in a weird position. It blatantly hits it. He's not. It's not even like any more. It's not even like the old rule of. It deflected or it was accidental. It's just blatantly above his head. You've seen that handball given a million times without VAR, without the new rules. I don't know how Everton don't... I don't know how VAR doesn't overturn that. It just felt like it was one of the worst games they've had all season for VAR. It, it, it just... It was horrible. And obviously now all these big names are starting to call it out. Gary Lineker, for example, who, 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 who said that even though... Even though he said he's sick of it and it's just ruining the game, and if I want to, I want to going to read. He said it sick of VAR in its present state. It is killing the game. It's being used to referee the game rather than someone in the background to correct the absolute howler. Was always going to take time to settle down, but they couldn't be getting it more wrong than they currently are. Um, I mean, so the yeah. situation you mentioned was not that though. 
the, the Ali the Ali situation. I I, I, be honest, I I was worried. I thought it was a penalty at the, at the time as well. Um, but that wasn't them refereeing the game. That was them not refereeing the game. That was them staying out because they they the the, uh, the justification that I heard was that they didn't think it was a clear and obvious error from the ref. Yeah, they didn't think it was clear and obvious, which is just a rule they've been. They kind of they they're just throwing that term around now whenever they want because it doesn't seem like anyone knows what that really means other than. The obvious. <laughs> no one. It's not clear and obvious what clear and obvious means. <laughs> That's basically I, what what that we kind of get into situation is. Um, Gary, uh, Jamie Carragher also called it out, and I think I think what people are mainly talking about, and I want to know what you think is VAR as a concept the issue, like a referee not being controlled anymore, or is it more the people? who are running it, the person who's drawing the lines, that sort of thing, the people who are deciding where it's clear and obvious. Is it the principal or is it the people running it that are the problem? It's it's a, it's a combination of factors, but the, the principle is 100% correct. More correct decisions is a good thing. I don't know how this is even an argument. I've had, I've had this argument lots of times now online with people, but people, and, and, in, and in real life as well, getting more correct decisions is a good thing. <laughs> That that's I don't know how that's even argued. Um, the trouble is now is with technology, which is is limited um, in some factors, and uh, and and the inconsistency. The fact that they, the rules are are sort of they're, they're sort of working it out on the job. So that like there's the alley situation. I think that in most situations that 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 that, 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 that gets given as a as a pen. Um, but I, I yeah I think there needs to be a consistent a consistent. Um, ruling and consistent on on handballs, consistent on 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 red cards, consistent on 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 sort of and every every type of decision, um, but not, but um, yeah, but it, it isn't it isn't the idea and and it's, and, and technology as well needs to be improved. But the idea is one hundred percent correct. Well, yeah, I think a big factor was they were talking about it in, um, in last last they've been talking about it recently is like. They had some time to prepare for this season by using it in the World Cup. And I thought during the World Cup it was used great. Um, even though there were some people who were complaining about it, I still think it was it did it did lead to a lot more correct decisions, which is what the aim is. And a big part of that I felt was the fact that they couldn't just say, Oh, it's clear and obvious it's it, it's not it's not a clear and obvious error. Just, they can just say that to the ref and it just means whatever. Whereas whereas this was more because now, because what they did was, the referee would go over to the screen, he'd look at it, and he'd say, "It's not, it's not a, it's a clear and obvious. It's a, okay, I've made a mistake." They had that a lot. The referee would always be walking over. It took time. That was the problem people had. It took time. The thing is, they haven't really solved the time issue by not doing that. It still takes quite a while usually, um, and and no, and the refs not doing that, and so. I think in the in the Spurs Everton game, if 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 the ref walks over and sees the handball, and he goes, "Okay, I think I've made a mistake," then that's kind of what you're supposed to do. I thought they're supposed to kind of tell the ref, "We're not sure if it's clear enough." It wasn't like it was definitely not clear and obvious. It was an unsure. Tell the ref, go and have a look, and and he can see for himself. Don't make the decision yourself and then tell the ref because if you're gonna base the ref's decision is very important. Which is what they do in a lot of in like cricket, for example. The referee's decision is a lot more important than 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 just the t- tiny miscue details. Um, I think they need to be giving the refs' decision like they are 
a lot more thought, but allow him to go and double check his decision all right. And I don't think they've been doing that recently. Yeah, I, I think uh, equally though with the Ali situation, which I thought was a pen, um, the, Sony, the, the Sony foul in the box, another clear click up penalty. I think there was two pe- a penalty on, on both ends. Um, I, I, there's contact in the box on Son, that's a foul. Um, and the other, the other Son, the Son red card, I mean, we've covered that already, but that's just a mess. Um, there needs to be decisions that actually make sense because the son red card the, the, the son red card was a, was an absolute mess um the son penalty was a mess the alley penalty or the alley everton penalty whatever however you want to call it was also a mess the son penalty was a bit different because i think son kind of shot himself in the foot a bit if he goes down just normally then fine but the way because he jumps around like that then it, it kind of ruins it a bit for himself whereas I feel like if he does but go down, they're, they're watching it on VAR. They're watching it on VAR, right? They, they, they're not, not just watching it. Yeah, but it first he jumps around like, like he's been shot. He doesn't he jump around. around there's like contact a... on him. Yeah, but not, not to make him move in that way. It's, there's not. Yes, there is. Maybe he he he, he dramatizes it a bit, right? And, and he, he did similar to what, what Manny does every single week and gets away with it and gets penalties every single week, um, like he did it this week against Aston Villa. Um, but it's not. It's there's contact in the box. It's a, it's a foul everywhere else in the pitch. The reaction to it is not is not relevant to whether it's a foul. The he, the foul the contact brings him down. So it's a penalty. Full stop. I, I don't know. Whatever. Even I, it wasn't. I don't think it was as clear and obvious as some of the other ones. Um, <laughs> not using. Not wanting to use that term lightly. Um, but I feel like if it, it was a bit more of a dive than most people thought, and I don't see anyone else saying it was def- It was a penalty. Other than, than Spurs fans, who to say that, um, because of the way he moves afterwards, because um, there are shots. Because, someone... wait, but no one's no one's talking about it because there's two other massive incidents. One was what much much bigger was the Andrew Gomez incident, right? Which is much more people being be talked about, and the Ali incident, which is is also further down the list, but still much much higher importance, or uh, much more blatant than, than the Sony one. Um, that's why no one's talking about it, but it's still a penalty, clear cut. Well, no. If it was that, if it was just as clear as the others, people would be talking about it. They're not. I only hear Spurs fans. Um, with the Richarlison one, I also thought it had a bit more to it, but there was also a little bit. It was very limited contact. So again, there was way more contact on Son than Richarlison. I didn't think so. I didn't watch the game then. Also, I don't think Son. I don't think Richarlison's falling around around trying to dramatize it at all. Which what? kind of helps his helps his situation a bit more. That's just not true. So I'm just that's all I'm saying. Also from the, the pundits and all the people talking about it, that's all I'm saying. I only see you and Spurs fans talking about this sort of thing. But I've explained um, but why yeah, that just, is. Just in general, I think with all the instances, the referee should have gone over even if it, it probably would have taken a while. If you have all four of those big instances where the referee goes over and have a look, he'll still probably make at least three out of four correct decisions. Yeah, which is kind of we want more correct decisions. And if you if you're trying to say zero out of four were correct, then at least you're making at least with the ref. I feel like he probably would have made the correct decision. And also, if he doesn't, no one can complain though, because then you're just saying, well, VAR's pointless in the first place. Because if the referee doesn't think it is, and he's the one in charge, then you're just saying, well, what's the point of referees anymore? Like, I want to make the correct decision. <laughs> <laughs> which is never going to get you anywhere as long as, as long as the ref tries his best well I, ideally i think that yeah you, sh- you should phase out real referees and have 
some sort of robot robot referee that makes the correct decision every time. Um, but the bit the problem I have um, with this the most the most is the Premier League's reaction to it because like when the ref makes it makes a mistake or when VAR makes a mistake. Be honest. Hold your hands up and say we made a mistake, right? What the Premier League r- responded about Son's uh, red card was the red card was for, was for Son endangering the safety of a player, which happened as a consequence of his initial challenge, right? So what they're saying there is that referee made a mistake. We're not going to own up to it, and 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 also the, and the, the the precedent that it sets is, is unbelievable because any sort of if, if someone falls over and twists his ankle, that, that that's a consequence of the tackle. That it's just it's just stupid. It's it's so stupid. Like it, it ugh, just own up. You'd own up. Own up. Make make, make say say you're sorry. Make an apology. Right, you're wrong. Own up. You're wrong. Um, and stop stop like making up with this nonsense about it's it's a consequence of whatever. It wasn't a red card. There was a son penalty. There was an alley penalty. Um, Vaughan needs, needs to sort itself out. But the principle, again, again, the principle is is nailed on. Good. I feel a bit bad though for the Premier League, even though you're saying that they need to own up. I feel like if they they can't if they get rid of Var now, then they're in big trouble because any wrong decision now will be like, where's Var? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying with the Premier League, they're stuck. Whereas. There was always going to be wrong decisions, still with VAR, yeah. There's there, there was always going to be that. We had it in the World Cup. There was times where the biasness took over from from what probably should have happened. Every time England got touched in the penalty area, it was that's a penalty. How's the VAR not giving it? Overall, though, VAR made more correct decisions than it did wrong decisions. We felt. Whereas in the Premier League, it's not being done the same way. So. They, they, they're trying to meet everyone's needs, but they're also not actually looking at what the main factor is. And they can't get rid of it, because getting rid of it will only lead to more problems. Um, so I feel like they're stuck. The solution to, to VAR problems isn't to remove it, it's to improve it. Like, there are problems with VAR right now that you can improve with better technology, with more consistent rulings, um, with maybe maybe like saying that the ref has to go over to, to the, the screen on the side. But to, to chuck it out now would just be stupid and would just be giving in to idiots on the internet. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how, like, how can they do it in the best possible way that everyone will be happy with? I just, I don't know how they could do that. I don't know how I've, they can make I've everyone happy. I've just given I've just given three exa- three uh, suggestions as to how they can do that. Well, no, because you're always going to get people that are going to be annoyed. I don't know. I don't. Sure. You can say that. But if you have, like, but if you have, but if you have consistent rulings, then you're good. That, no, because there are some people that are always going to say, "No, nah, VAR's not a good thing." Let's the ref make decisions, even if he makes wrong decisions. The yep. whole we don't want goals anymore to be. Oh, I hate when VAR's in place because now goals, I can't celebrate them anymore. Even if they're wrong, people are annoyed that I can't celebrate goals. So people, some people don't want the correct decision. That's unfortunate to say. However, how, even people may... There are some people that don't want correct decisions. Then you have the people that complain about how oh, it takes too long. But then if you have the ref going over to have a look at it, you're going to get that people complaining about time again. And if you've got now, which is kind of their attempt, which was to meet the time people needs of let's just make the people at the top decide and then the ref will get told what to do. You're having those sort of people and, and, and they haven't really set some rules properly in. Like the new the, the like this season specifically, they've introduced so many new rules and that some of them are just not they're just not being kept properly. They've obviously got the substitutions where people have to walk off the nearest exit. You only you barely ever see that 
and and when you do it, it's like a oh yeah, I forgot that was a rule, and then you have the new handball rule, which is just a bit all over the place. No one really knows that either. Um, and you have they've introduced you can't stand a meter away from the wall, and then obviously we've had like oh well he was ninety centimeters and not a meter away, so surely VAR should be overturning that. But it's like all of these are a bit of a mess and. The, one thing I saw, I'm interested, I, I'm interested to see was there was a whole problem with goalkeepers stepping off their line for penalties, and VAR and the, and they basically said we're not going to touch that. <laughs> They've basically learned from their mistakes after all these new rules. They went, yeah, we're just going to leave it how it is. We're going to let the ref decide. So then, <laughs> people can continue abusing the refs, have they have done for years. Let's not touch that one, <laughs> um, which was just quite a funny thing to see. Was just them. Um, backtracking quickly after making all these new rules and then deciding with this new one, okay, we're not going to touch that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like the people in charge, they've, they've, they're, they're a bit stuck and I hope, I hope for the best. Um, and I hope they change their ways and yeah. But moving on now to the other games that happened this week quickly. Talking a minute before though, we said, I tried to say like the Premier League starting to look like a top two and everyone else. And and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just getting ahead of myself with how I, with how I'm wanting it to be. Whereas Man City, Man City and Liverpool are better than everyone else. No one's going to deny that. Um, obviously, they both got lucky. You can call it luck with 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 Liverpool. Man City skill. Um, <laughs> I hope that's not biased. Liverpool jammy all the time. They've had it. They. It's not a new thing that Liverpool get jammy. Man City people moan, oh, they get lucky and they they, they 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 buy their way to glory. Who cares about them? Liverpool fans are the most annoying people. They get lucky. They get jammy. Um, yeah, that was well, just <laughs> so frustrating to see. Not to, not to disagree about how much I hate Liverpool fans. I, I just despise them and their players as well. They just annoy me so, so much. Um, but I saw on Twitter um, saying how that it's a... It isn't just a coincidence that lots of these of these big sides get jammy late goals. Um, it's more to do with, as a consequence of, of having a load of technical um, and mental qualities. Um, I, I don't really know if I think it's about. I think if, it's, if that's all true, but I think they've got a point. Um, it isn't. There is a thing like Liverpool are extremely lucky with decisions given get given their way when they're pl- like like the Sony one, which I mentioned before. Mane gets given a penalty. Like Mane gets given penalties like every single week. Um, and Liverpool do have this weird luck to them, but there is an also an element of they they are that they do train like to to, to play to the, to, to the ninetieth minute till to like to, to take take your chances. Um, and there, there is yeah there is a, a a managing ability that you can teach that, and it isn't just. Um, they're lucky, lucky whatevers. I think another thing these big teams do is they make other the other teams worse as well. Like they make other teams are more likely to make mistakes against big teams because they're. I don't know why that just seems to happen. Like you look at Liverpool, there's so many times where the the defenders and goalkeeper will make a mistake, and Liverpool you call it luck, but it can't constantly be just luck and luck. There has to be some reasoning for. Why are they? Why are the mistakes so much more against these big sides? And yeah, Liverpool just—it's frustrating to see this. Um, I thought the Invincibles were still intact, but Liverpool are still going now. Arsenal fans have this. 
Arsenal fans have this thing as, as as soon as any team gets more than two games un, uh, unbeaten in a league, they're like, are they going to be invincible this season? Oh, Arsenal fans a little sh- shaking in their shaking in their sleep, thinking about if if, if any team goes more is invincible ever. <laughs> Look, it's the only thing we've got left. It's the only thing we've got left. Let us have it, okay? It's the only thing we've got left. It's very true. Um, so 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 yeah, like. Liverpool are still going. The thing is, though, the others, Leicester are the only other team that I think. Well, Leicester and Chelsea are both playing very well, but but Leicester have won again, and and I don't think like this Leicester team. People are starting to actually realise they're a lot better than than they're just very good. This Leicester side, they're a lot better than they were with the, the title-winning side. Um, Jamie Vardy just has fun every week doing those stupid celebrations. Arsenal were actually playing Leicester this week. I'm not looking forward to it. I think, I think, I said it. I said Everton last week were the favourites against Spurs because of how the Spurs were on that form was in. I think Everton and uh, Leicester are probably favourites against Arsenal this week. Um, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think we are favourites going into it, which is a bit worrying. Um, I can just imagine. I can just see it now. Madison's going to have an amazing game. We're just going to not know what to do. Um, yeah, I don't see us beating Leicester this week. Um, however much Arsenal fans will then now just instantly... We've already got the Emery out starting. Let's just... We're losing to Leicester. Emery's out. I feel like it's probably a bit... It, not it's a bit harsh, but but Leicester could be... Leicester are probably a better team than Arsenal are. Not even... <laughs> not not maybe on paper, but just as a team, they're a lot better than Arsenal are. Um, um, even if Arsenal I- weren't in this bad run of form. I, I think that the 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 banners are already in the print. The the, the, the Emery out. They're, they're all coming out out of the, out of the printer right now. <laughs> little little sheets of paper, massive banners, scarves, merchandise. They'll be selling it all against Leicester. They're all ready, they're all ready to go. The Emery out movement, as we, as we've been talking about for a few weeks now, the Emery out movement is fully going strong. I can't wait to see to hit, see it hit, hit the peaks of the of, of the Wenger out movement. Um, we can only hope. To see that we, we get full on abuse of the manager, um, I don't know, whatever abuse of his kids, his family, whatever. Let, let, let's hope we see it all for Emery. <laughs> um, just to say, we, we I, I don't I don't actually endorse abusing his kids. Um, that shouldn't be done, but it'd be funny if it happens. <laughs> it's funny to see Arsenal fans do this because we obviously had the Granny Jacker incident last week, and now they're just like, oh, don't worry about the manager. Forget. Okay, yeah, I feel bad for the players. But abusing the manager, let's just continue doing that. Who cares about that? Just, uh, it's fine, whatever. So, yeah, we've got a midweek game, though, against Vittoria. Spurs have obviously got their Champions League game this week. So there's some midweek football to look forward to. Hopefully like, got hopefully some, some easy wins. Yeah, we hope we've got some previews coming up. But hopefully there's also some just easy wins for Arsenal and Spurs. Well, obviously, I hope Spurs don't win. But it just looks like there'll be a couple of easy wins. And um, obviously... It'll be it'll be interesting. We get everyone's going all the travelling now, so two away um, games. Yeah, and then so, and so tough, tough atmosphere and everything in, in in Belgrade. There's lots of, I mean, Liverpool play the last year. It's quite hard to go away there. Um, but yeah, two two big games now for Arsenal. For Spurs, it's it could be the game that that, that decides whether they qualify or not. And I think Arsenal, even though we'll qualify, it's just it's just nice to get another. Let's just get a win because we just. We've we've okay. We're only winning Europa League games, but let's just get a win. It'll be nice and comfortable. So yeah. This week's villain of the week. 
And now, to finish the show, this week's hero and villain of the week. Starting off, of course, as always, with the hero of the week. This week we're going with a, um, a one from left field, I, I think is the phrase. Um, this is one that's... I, I don't think many people have known about it. I saw it over, over Twitter. It's a quite cool story. Um, it is... In, it's from Russia. Let's preface it with that. We, last time we were, we were in Russia, we had some not great news with the Malcolm situation. But this is a, is, is on in the Russian Cup. Um, now, excuse me if if, if I mispronounce the names. Um, I'm I, yeah, they're hard to say. Um, there was a fans of the fans of Luke Luke Vladivostok who made the journey to Grozny for their match against Akmat. Now, if I got any of those names wrong. I don't know, um, but the point is that that's a six thousand, six and a half thousand kilometer journey, um, which is huge. It's across the, it's across the entire, um, it's, it's across from from one end to the other, from one end Russia, Russia to the other, which is um, approximately the length of from London to Chicago. It just shows dedication of Russian fans, even though some of them in some situations might be a little bit racist, but they're, but they're very dedicated, um, <laughs> and this shows the commitment of fans to go miles and miles and miles for your club. Um, and it's it's just a, it's a great story. Um, I, I hope I hope I don't have to go that far for Tottenham ever, but I'd I'd, I'd like to think I would. Well, yeah, obviously fans travel, but this is something else. But as for villain of the week, we've unfortunately got the Hellas Verona fans for their racist abuse towards Mario Balotelli. Um, he ended up having he kicked the ball off and he walked off the pitch basically. And uh, it's just it, it it's not like. Italy, we've had recent things. There have been a few teams in Italy that have had this racist abuse and this is just another one on the list of things. Um, Balotelli wrote on Instagram afterwards saying the people of this curver who made the monkey chants, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. Um, Hat-trick. Unfortunately, there is no shame on these people because they seem to be getting away with it. Um and so, so yeah, it's just more racism, and it's it's happened again in Italy, which is a bit worrying to see. Um, but hopefully, Balotelli has a good time. Obviously, he's just moved to his boyhood club, Russia. Um, he may have been a bit of a nutcase himself, but um, we everyone's he's still lovely. Uh, he seems like he he, he seems like he he wants the best for him because he's taken quite a big step down and probably be in his career. So let's hope this race abuse towards him doesn't continue. Well, just just one thing um, with with it in, in Italy before when there was abuse of Balotelli for doing the monkey chant, um, the, it was deemed it was not racist by the um, Italian FA. Which I don't know if they'll continue this um, this precedent with the, the Balotelli situation. But I hope we hope that they can stand take a strong stand against racism um, because racism is bad. Don't do racism, kids. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Um, please follow us on all our socials at BNL Podcast. Um, also subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Please share it, like us on, like us on um, everywhere. Basically, please rate us five stars. Haven't mentioned this for a while on on iTunes. That very much helps. Even if you didn't think it was five star, it'd be very helpful if you could just rate us five star. Um, so uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and hope you enjoyed. <laughs>